Are you ready to eliminate your credit card processing fees? Visit www.pairpayments.com and use code Jake for $250 Visa gift card when you join today. Hey, welcome everybody back to the Under Pressure podcast. Today we're going to be talking as usual about everything under pressure in business. So today with me, I have Wesley Marie, who is the service divisional leader in Bergflow. Now, Wesley has been on the show before. It was before uh, I took over this podcast. Um, so we're we're going to try to not talk about the same thing that he talked about <laughs> previously. <laughs> but Wesley is it has a vast knowledge of information. Um, well, just in all things business. So. Uh, much more than I do, but uh, yes, we do work together. You can see we're both wearing Bergflow shirts, uh, but there's something very specific uh, that I'm going to bring Wesley in today to talk about. First, Wesley, welcome to the show. John, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure having a conversation with you. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast. I've been listening to the guests, uh, really interesting conversations, and I'm honored to be a uh, Thanks. Thanks. Well, I'm excited. Uh, we've got some a great topic today. We're going to be discussing hiring, which I can tell you right now, um, it seems to be an issue across the board. There's like uh, so many things. But before we get into that, um, for those that maybe didn't see the podcast before, uh, and I'll be 100% honest, I kind of skimmed through it because uh, I was trying to get the, the way things were laid out. Um, how long have you worked for Bergflow? So I moved to the United States from South Africa. That's where the accent is from. Um, back in 2019, I've been with Bergflow ever since. I uh, started off on the special projects side of Bergflow, helped get a, stuff, a couple of things off the ground, um, and then moved into servicing. And then today I'm service leader for Bergflow, yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now... The, the guests who come on and, and, and uh, uh, I've had a lot of people on that are Bergflow clients, uh, mm -hmm. some that are not. And, but there's a lot of people out there, although we've kind of touched on it under pressure podcast, it's just a podcast. So for those of y'all watching um, this, this, yes, we both work for Bergflow, but uh, I haven't really dove into all the details behind Bergflow or what we do at Bergflow. I think they can start to kind of pick some things up, but why don't you tell me what, what exactly kind of in a nutshell does Bergflow do? So Bergflow in a nutshell um, <clears throat> is a coaching and consulting company. We specialize in helping service-based companies grow and scale their business, primarily through bringing in a strong leadership team. We've found on numerous occasions businesses kind of tap out at the CEO's capacity. And then it's there's too many reports directly to the CEO. There's too many tasks that the CEO or the owner is responsible for. And the next level of business, if you're looking to go to a million, five million, 10 million, the success of your business is going to depend on how strong the leadership team is that you built. That's what we specialize in, is helping you hire, train, and develop those leaders. Nice. Now you mentioned like million and three million. What about what about these listeners out here who are like, dude, I'm like scratching at 
150,000, 200,000, uh, you know, lower price. Are you guys helping them at all? Yes, we actually have uh, memberships in Brooklyn that specializes in helping those size clients. Obviously, the challenges are different. <clears throat> you know, affordability is different. The challenges are different. We've found that the majority of service-based companies kind of find their um, voice or their existence through the servicing side. There was a technician and then the technician kind of said, well, I don't want to work for John anymore. I want to go do this by myself. So I want to, I want to be Chuck in a truck and then Chuck in the truck gets so busy that Chuck has Tom that works with Chuck. So now Chuck is not Chuck in the truck anymore is Chuck, the truck, the business owner. There's some unique challenges towards the, the hundred, hundred and businesses that if you don't set your business up for success at that level, we've seen that companies had to break down things within their company because they've built it wrong. And I'll give you an example of that. A lot of businesses, the owner is the source of intelligence. They are the skill. Yeah. So all roads lead to Rome. So anytime there's a challenge in the business, you as a business owner get the phone call, whether you're servicing a client on a growth call uh, in a management meeting, trying to be, deal with the bank manager, the technicians are phoning you and say, hey, we dropped a ladder on Mrs. Jones's car. What do we do? Mm. So there, there are different things that you have to overcome when, when your business is at that level. The sooner you can distinguish the different roles in your company. So I often hear people say, well, I do everything in the company. Yeah. And that's true. You do everything in the company, but all of those are functioning as tasks within your business. Growth is a task, which inevitably is the thing that you want to focus on the entire time. Specifically at a $150,000, $300,000 business, you're pretty much living out of your business. So every time the phone rings, you answer. Every time there's a message that comes in, you answer. And we spoke about that earlier this week uh, on one of our coaching calls with this specific uh, demographic of client is if you don't build in disciplines around some of the different functions of your business, meaning growth as a function, operating, meaning the management of the business, or servicing the actual technical component where you exchange time or effort or product for money, knowing how much time you spend in each of those boxes is probably the best place to start. Mm -hmm. Is take stock and say, how much time am I spending in these different components of my business and what's really going to give me the next thing? Spending more time doing technical work. You know, when a window is clean, a window is clean. You're not going to get paid more for a super clean window. If the window is clean, the standard has been met. You can only wash so many windows in a day. Yeah. Yeah, I bet those guys wish they, they could get paid a lot mm -hmm. more for super clean. <laughs> uh, well, so you're really speaking, you're probably speaking a lot of this language, these guys. I mean, I know there's got to be a lot of these guys listening and uh, they're, they're checking in on this and that's what they're hearing. They're like, man, uh, I'm filling all the roles. Um, I'm having mm -hmm. to jump from one to the next to the next. I was just talking to, to mm -hmm. a guy today um, and he was in the same position. And, you know, that that's a very 
living there can be, a, I'm certain, can be a very frustrating thing. Um, and that that's going to kind of lead us into what I want to talk about today. So solving that problem, obviously, at some point, you got to solve the problem. And like mm. you said, chucking a truck becomes Chuck, and Chuck the owner in the truck with Bob, the technician mm. that's with him. And then it just goes goes on from there. Uh, for those of you out there listening, if your name is Chuck and you have an employee named Bob, I'm sorry. I'm not talking about you guys specifically, uh, just to clarify that, <laughs> but, uh, but maybe we are. So, uh, so Bergflow is all about helping through getting the right people and stuff like that. Um, so now we got to talk about this issue around hiring. So let, let's, let's dive into that. Has Bergflow and you're talking to clients and you're servicing clients currently who have, um, I don't know what, 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 what kind of businesses are we talking about here? Are we just talk like, what, what is it? So chugging a truck, what kind of truck, what are they servicing? Yeah. It's anything from, uh, surface cleaners, window cleaners, uh, you know, specifically around a, a specific service, but it's also, you know, if you're looking at an HVAC business, you know, the, to get a hundred thousand dollar business is a lot quicker because the ticket item is a lot higher. You're still faced with the same challenges. Ultimately, you've got to decide for yourself, why did I start this business? And for the most part, you, it is either well, I don't like working for John anymore. I want to go do this by myself. I want the cream that comes with a pie. Hmm. Or you, you're saying, I actually want to build something that gives me time and money freedom. Because we often hear clients, they have a lot of money, meaning the business is doing really well. They get to, you know, they live fairly well, but they work 18 hours a day. So there's money, but no time freedom. And then on the other instance, when you talk about the off season, you don't, you might not have a Christmas light business. You might have a slow season, winter season. You don't have as much money, but you do have more time. And what people often I see where they, where they miss it is they don't consider the cost of switching between these roles. And there's always a casualty when you switch, you know, we, we spoke about it. Everybody goes on Facebook because they do Facebook marketing. But are you really spending two hours on Facebook marketing? Or are you spending 10 minutes marketing and, you know, an hour and 50 minutes scrolling videos about kittens or yeah. checking out what the competition's doing or looking for, a, you know, where can I buy chemicals cheaper or where's the cheapest squeegee coming from or who, what show can I go to? So there's always these things that will inject themselves as distractions, but there's also we create distractions in our business because we feel like, Hey, if, if I can just focus on growth and we, we end up with this feast and famine in our business. Hmm. Now I'm focusing on growth. Now I'm just servicing. I'm so busy and I don't focus on growth. And then two weeks later, I don't have any business. So we keep hitting these peaks and troughs in the business all the time. And that can be true week to week, or that can be true season to season. You know, in the busy season, the rainy season, uh, cold season, your, your business is always going to experience these peaks and valleys. The discipline around executing these different roles in your business is what's going to flatten that curve a little bit or that, that jaggedness of the peaks and troughs. <clears throat> well, and I'm sure for a lot of these guys, they, they want to hire, right? And, and that's where we're going to take this next is mm -hmm. talk about hiring. 
um, getting those right people in the roles in the right roles, like you talked about, um, as bird flow seen or like the clients you're talking to or ones that you just know, have you guys been hearing and seeing anything around hiring? Is hiring tough for these guys? Man, hiring is tough. You know, if you, if you run a service-based business, you're most probably paying you guys by the hour. And because that's how the money is generated by the hour. So the tendency is to pay people by the hour and it makes economic sense for your business. Sure. If you're at 15, 18, 20, $25 an hour, you're competing with McDonald's and Bucky's and these guys. So there's such a gluttony of that in the market that people are not really wanting to say, Hey, I'll, am I building a career or am I just paying my, my, myself a salary? Right. So when, when they, when they hire, so there's a couple of things about hiring that people need to understand. One, um, you're, if you're just hiring people to do tasks and all they do is tasks and then five years down the line, this guy's not showing up and he's just, you're paying him a bonus just to show up. You've taught them, Hey, just show up for money. When you talk about the, the mindset behind hiring, it starts with knowing what it is that you want in the first place. Well, let's back up a second. <clears throat> so, uh, didn't mean to cut you off, but no, 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 no. I, I will continue rambling and let you stop. <laughs> you. Right. So, uh, but but these guys, like, they're they're probably hearing this. They're like, look, I just need a guy, like, right mm -hmm. now, to go out and grab this squeegee or this power washer or to put this tool belt on and go do the stuff I need them to do. That's all I need. I don't need. I don't need to spend a lot of time with these people. I just want them to do the job and I need them tomorrow. Yeah. So, or actually I needed them yesterday for half of these guys, especially when the busy season hits, right? So, mm -hmm. um, what, so you were, you were really talking like, well, these guys, are they really thinking about that? What, why should they be thinking more along the lines of, um, what are the motivations? Why, why should they be thinking any more than like, I just need a warm blooded body. Yeah. Um, let me, let me answer it to you this way. If you're hiring out of pain, meaning out of need, when you're only hiring, when you need them, you're only going to get available. What's available in the market. You're only going to get the guy that's willing to say, Hey, I couldn't get a job at McDonald's for 15 an hour. Yes. I'll come work for you for 15 an hour. Or he's waiting for that position at Bucky's to go open. So he can move there closer to his house. He doesn't have to travel. He gets a free, you know, brisket sandwich for lunch. If you're only hiring out of pain, then as a CEO, you've got to ask yourself, am I serving or an owner? Are you serving the business at the highest level by saying, Hey, I want to hire so that we can be successful tomorrow. Hmm. And if you're only hiring out of pain, it's very reactionary and when I have conversations with, with business owners around this, I say, well, tell me what does a normal interview process look like? And they're like, well, we met at, you know, we met at Bucky's or we met at Starbucks. You know, the guy showed up, which is 90% of the thing. The guy actually showed up for the interview. Right. <laughs> I did a drug test. I did a background screen. Uh, you know, he ticks those two boxes. We had a 30-minute conversation and I pushed a job offer across the table and said, do you want to work for $15 an hour? That's the full extent. Sure. And <clears throat> unfortunately, it's because never nobody's ever taught them how to hire. 
So to understand how to hire, you need to understand why you want to hire. And if it's just to hire out of pain, because you're just trying to reduce the pain, you're going to take a warm body. You're going to take a guy who just, hey, he needs his, his financial fix for the week. He just needs to pay his bill. He's got to pay his, you know, his child support, whatever it is. Whatever his reason is for showing up, once that need is met, he doesn't need you anymore. So retention, I mean, we hear these clients have revolving doors of people coming through the business all the time. Yeah. And the reason for that is that they're not focused enough on saying, I want to bring in somebody that can help me grow the business. Because that's a very different mindset than saying, hey, I just need to slap a tool belt on somebody and they need to be in the truck tomorrow. So there is a, there is, I would assume there's a season of your business that you need that uh you know when you've got more work than what you've got workers yeah you know go and find people do the work but what are you doing as an owner to say i'm guaranteeing the success of my business next year three years down the line and that requires you to focus on saying well i want to make sure that i bring in quality candidates makes sense <clears throat> so Essentially, you're you're saying that the you know obviously I would I would like to think, and I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. And the people that we come across, usually businesses are wanting to grow. So, mm. you know, when they make this hire, uh, what you're talking about is two years down the road. If if that person's still there, that person should have some. Uh, thought in their mind that they want to be a part of this process that's taking place of growth with the company rather than just being the guy that goes and washes the window. Like maybe mm. they've got some kind of deep rooted, like I want to see something succeed. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying? And I, and I want to be a part of that. Yeah. I think if, if, you know, people work for people at the end of the day. And some people work for the people that pays them. That's it. That's the full length of the relationship is John pays me at the end of the week. I just need to show up and wear my blue shirt. So if that's what you're hiring, then I speak to these business owners and they're like, man, I can't get this guy to do an excellent job. I can't get him to leave it as a super clean window. I can't get him to be on time. I can't get him to show up sober what if, i've heard all these stories hmm. and the reason is they've never focused on saying well what do i need more than this do i do i am i just trying to ease my pain and the question i would pose to your listeners john is you have to answer a question for yourself are you building a lifestyle business meaning am i just building a business that can feed the lifestyle that i want today or am I truly building a business that's going to give me the lifestyle I want? Yeah. Because those are two very different journeys and you get to decide which one of those journeys you go on. So for me, hiring is, it's an art. For me, hiring is something that requires focus. You need to be able to say, if I bring this person in, how are they going to make the company better? Nice. I like that thought around that thought, uh, making the company better. 
what are some of the problems that can come from a bad hire? Like, what are the costs? What are, what are, what are we talking here? Like, okay, so they maybe they do a crappy job or I don't keep them as long. Uh, maybe they leave in three weeks after they pay that bill they were trying to pay. Mm. What, what, what are some, what are, what are some of the costs on this? So the way that, the way that we help clients unpack this is most, most probably when people look at a hire they've made or are going to make, they're only, they're only looking at the tangibles. Hmm. And this guy's $10 an hour, I paid him eight hours a day. That's $80, $80 a day. That's 360 a week. And so that's what I lost this week is 360. But there are intangible costs to your business. One, how much time did you spend training that person? How much time did you spend hiring that person, finding that person? What is the reputational damage to your business? What is the loss of carry forward momentum? Because you are selling business this week that you can go and do next week. But now this, this guy doesn't show up. And guess who goes back with a squeegee in his hand? You. So it's not just the actual capital lost on what I paid that person. If, if you had to put a number to it, you know, most people will say, well, if I make a bad hire, it's a month's salary. We say, no, it's, it's close to about six months' salary, what it actually costs your business. Hmm. Because if you quantify loss of carry forward momentum, training, equipment, uh, gear, whatever it is. If you factor in all those things, your time spent, because now all you're doing is you're rehiring the same person over and over and over. And we've got a client that we've been working for many years with. Um, he hired his first technician 17 times. <laughs> 17 times he hired his first technician because he hired a guy, didn't work out, fired him. So it took him 17 tries to get it right wow and it's hard enough to run a business now you're taking these emotional hits saying man i just can't find good people where do i go to find good people the the other side of that um <clears throat> ask yourself the question as a listener today would you go and work for your company and if your only answer is <laughs> Yes, I pay $15 an hour. You're competing with massive billion-dollar blue-chip companies. That's what McDonald's does. You've got to sell something more than just $15 an hour. Right. So that's why on our shirts it says, build something worthwhile. Build a company that people want to come and work for. And that, that as a business owner, you have the responsibility to say, if John works in the company and Wesley works in the company and I'm letting somebody else in the door, what is the collateral damage by bringing in the wrong person? So there's so many cost factors, tangible and intangible, by bringing in the wrong person that it can be detrimental to your business for much longer than just, hey, I lost a week. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's truth. That's speaking truth there, Wesley. Uh, <laughs> you know, because uh, I'm I mean I hear it. So obviously I hear it from some of our clients, but I just hear it from other people. Um, 
I've got buddies, you know, back home with businesses and that's what they're telling me. Like, I, I, you know, I'm just trying to get these guys in to do this job and, and then, you know, they don't work out and I'm doing it over and I'm doing it over and it's just this, this repetition and they just don't get it. They don't understand why. And they always ask me like, where, like you said, like, where are these good hires? How do I find them? What, where's, what's the magic sauce or where's the, Mm -hmm. where's the magic that I can put? What words do I say in my ads? And you know, all these things. Um, And so, so around that, since I'm hearing it and obviously it's happening and we we're seeing it workflow and some of the companies, what are you guys doing? Like, what do y'all do to help companies hire successfully? Like what, what do y'all do? So I would say the foundational place to start is you have to change the mindset around hiring. If you're only looking at hiring to say, I'm, I'm finding more task doers, you're going to fill your world with, with peons, you know, like on a chessboard. And there's going to be what happens when you've got two guys, what happens when you've got four guys and 10 guys and 20, all of a sudden you've got 20 guys all phoning you and saying, Hey, I dropped a ladder on Mrs. Jones car. So you're not building a business in the true sense of a business. You're just creating a bunch of little mini-me's all, all around you. And each of them are hungry. Each of them want to be fed. I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about, hey, I want my I want my five minutes with John. Hey, tell me what to do. Because if you're teaching the people around you to, hey, move when I tell you to move, what happens when you don't tell them to move? Is they stop. They don't move. Yeah. And then, then you're like, man, why is this guy not moving? It's like, well, you didn't tell me to move. So you, you work yourself into a non-functional business. You build your business because it becomes dependent on you. And I'll pose this question. You guys can, can answer this for yourself. Can, are you building a business that you can walk away from today for a week and the business continues without you? Mm. And if, if you can't say yes, you're just self-employed. You are just an employee of your company. Yes, your name's on the LLC, your name's on the bank account, and the checks come to you. Ultimately, you just work for your own company. So our approach to hiring is changing the mindset around that. Because if you understand why you need to find better candidates, why you need to look at your business through the SOG model, which I keep referencing. So that's services, operations, and growth. If you can start seeing your business as a business, not as an extension of your work, that's the starting point to changing the mindset. Nice. Um, So a lot of these hires are potentially some point that there's a chance that they could even be good candidates or maybe even pushed or used in a leadership role. Mm-hmm. You guys see that sometimes? Absolutely. And the number one thing that, that I have conversations with clients around that is people say, well, how do I find these good people? I keep finding these bad people is when quantify for yourself or clarify for yourself what is good and what is bad. 
then ask yourself, why am I having conversations with these bad candidates in the first place? And you need, if, if you want to identify good, you need to be able to articulate good. Because what you focus on expands. If you're looking for good people, it can be the, the server at a restaurant. It can be the guy who works for your competition. So let's say you and I both ran window cleaning companies and we both pay $15 an hour. Okay. And, and Chuck wants to come work. Who's he going to work for, me or you? What's the differentiator? Well, John, John's office is five miles closer than Wesley's office. Do you really want that to be the deciding factor? <laughs> you know, are you saying, hey, man, if you come and show up here and you help me turn this $300,000 business into a 450 or to a 400 or a 500, whatever it is, if you help me grow the business, there's opportunity for you to earn more, to be more, to have more. Because it's true for everybody. Everybody wants time and money freedom. Yeah. Some people are willing to start a business in pursuit of that. Other people want their employer to pay their way to that. So the guys who elect to have their employer pay their way to that, we've seen them. History is littered with them. It's called pensioners. They work for 65 years so that they can start enjoying their life. So... You have to, for yourself, say, what's it, going to, uh, uh, what's it going to take for me to change my business around? And hiring just, and just hiring warm bodies to fill seats, you've done that for the last year. So an interesting thing, that guy who hired the technician, his first technician 17 times, mm -hmm. he was in business for 10 years. That, that's what we would all assume. But in actual fact, <laughs> He was one year in business, 10 times over. <laughs> yeah. He had the, we all, you guys all know, all the listeners, you guys know what the first year of business is like. It's hard. Reliving that 10 years in a row because you keep doing rookie one year mistakes. That's why you're, you're in business. You've got 10 years of experience of a one year business. Yeah, I, I get to talk to a lot of guys, uh, you know, that aren't clients that, with businesses. And some of them will tell me, you know, well, I've, I've been in business, you know, I, I don't need help with business. I've been in business for, you know, 10 years, 25 years. And I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's great. That's awesome. You've, you know, you've actually kind of broke through the percentage because uh, mm -hmm. there's so many, like, I think they, it's something in statistics, something like 60% of businesses won't make it past 10 years. So that I'm always like, man, that's fantastic. You know, uh, what are you guys, what are you guys revving? How many employees do you have? You know? And they're like, well, you know, 250,000. And, and there's a part of my mind that I'm like, I'm, not that that's bad guys. So if you're listening out there, that's, that's great. But 25 years of work and or 20 or whatever it is. And, you're at 250,000, you know, we're seeing guys who are, who are learning and growing and they're five years in and they're at a million and they're, you know, because they're not stuck. And these guys were like, well, I, I don't, I don't need help. I don't need to learn anything. Mm. And I, yeah, I, and I never try to be rude, but I'm like, 
we all need to learn something, right? Uh, because we don't know what we don't know. Like, and that's part of the problem is we think we know everything, but if you knew how to get there, if you really knew how to be a successful business owner and really push that, I feel like these guys who are at 250,000 for 20 years, um, you know, there are companies out there that are making millions in that same industry, millions and millions of dollars. So yeah, I, I think that learning portion of this is so important. And it sounds like Bergflow is, is one place that clearly you guys have some methods. Y'all have some uh, stuff in order and in place that you can coach on. So when it comes to the hiring, do you have something specific? Like uh, do people have to be clients in order to learn about this, this cool hiring process where they're thinking deeper than just, the next warm blooded body that will actually come to work for me. Is there something more and what is it? So when you're talking about <clears throat> skilling yourself, when you, when, when you guys started your businesses, did you go into business saying, Hey, here's my business handbook. This is how I hire. This is how I do this. This is how I do. It. No, you start by saying, this is how much I, I, what's my revenue. What's my expenses. What's my pay? It was a simple one, two, three formula that you started your business with. You might be at $250,000, $300,000. You're probably still following the same process in business development. When you're talking about hiring, as I said, it's, a, it's an art. It's a skill that needs to be developed. So Brooklyn has got a training called TAS. We like abbreviations. Dirk likes abbreviations. So sometimes we have abbreviations and we can't figure out why we abbreviated or what it meant in the first place. So TAS is Talent Acquisition Systems Training. That's a training that we host. We actually have a live one of that coming up uh, in a couple of weeks where we actually teach you how to have interviews. So a traditional interview you know, and I see this a lot because one of the things that I train is, is behavioral uh, analysis, actually getting to understand human psychology and leadership. But <clears throat> what, sticking to what we're talking about, uh, Taz, a lot of people, when they look at acquiring talent, firstly, talent doesn't even feature. They're like, hey, I'm acquiring hot bodies. Yeah. <laughs> so firstly, articulate for yourself what is talent identify how are you going to identify talent where are you going to come across it if it smacked you in the face would you be able to recognize it mm. if you are really in pursuit of talent you can go to your competition and, and take their top technician and say hey come and work for me because i have a better opportunity for you maybe not more pay now but if we can maybe grow you into a leader maybe you get a company vehicle maybe you get benefits whatever it is so developing a system around hiring is what we call TAS. Traditional hiring systems is I look at the guy's resume, I do a background screen or a, a drug test, whatever it is. Is the guy willing to work for what I'm offering? Boom, that's it. What a lot of people don't know is I, a, a resume is a autobiography at best. I get to decide what's on my resume. I can tell you that I was the president of Venezuela for a day because I get to write that resume. So I can put whatever I want on there. 
the only thing you should be looking for in a resume is somebody that's had upward trajectory in their life. Because then, you know, if this person is an upward trajectory, all I have to do is divert them into my lane and they're going to take my business with as they grow. But if they flatline for the last 20 years and they're like, man, I want to come work for you, you know that for the next 20 years, they're going to flatline in your business. So yes. developing a system around hiring is really, really important. And it starts with understanding what is my expectation when this person shows up? How do I have interviews? Whoever taught you interview skills? You can, I can go on the internet today and there's a course that I can buy. It's called how to get any job. And people go to that and they teach them interview skills. And so people show up inauthentically to these interviews. And then the first day is like, man, I didn't know that this guy was scared of heights. Or I didn't know that this guy was allergic to Don Dishrope, whatever it is. So these things pop up after the, the offer was made or after the person started. If you develop a system on one, you should always be hiring doesn't mean that you make an offer to the person. It means that you should have a bench of people around you. When that big contract comes through, when that commercial building, when that big residential unit comes through and say, hey, we want you to come and clean our windows once a month. And that's a $50,000 a year contract for you. You need to be able to turn on technicians like that. Yeah. So when you hire out of pain, Sometimes those bigger uh, contracts give you, bring that pain about, but it's also an opportunity. If you're interested in growing your business, look for those opportunities to grow your business, but also have a bench of talent. Always equated to milk. We all have houses, we all have fridges, we all have milk in our fridge. For those of us who have kids, I do not like it when I get to the fridge and I pick up the milk jug and it's empty. Because then I'm not having my coffee. Grumpy Wesley wakes up. I have to go to the store and buy some milk. Fortunately, I have a wife that sorts that out. Your business is nothing different. If you get to the point where you need to hire today, you will accept subpar talent just to take the noise away. But if you're building a talent bench around you, that's what talent acquisition systems teaches you is how to build a talent bench of people around you that at the drop of a hat, here's an opportunity. Man, I couldn't afford John, but now that I've got this big contract, John, come on. So just so that you guys know, John has been on our talent bench for almost a year. Yeah. We started having conversations with John long before we, we actually made him an offer. He's been on our talent bench for a long time. When the business was ready to bring him in, it's easy. I just take the milk jug off the shelf and I'm like, yeah. Now we have what we need. So that's what talent acquisition system teaches people. Nice. So if, if I want to go and I want to learn how to find this talent and then I want to learn how to attract them and hire them and do all these things, which is this TAS, T-A-S, uh, mm -hmm. talent acquisition systems, like who should attend this? Is it, is it just the owners? Like who, who's, who needs to be coming to this? 
Well, I would say it is dependent on where your company is. So refer back to Chuck. You know, if it's Chuck and a truck, the, you, you can't send your technician because he's not going to know why he's going there. So Chuck needs to cut. If you're, if you're needing to, to develop skill around hiring, then you better be there. But if you've got some people around you, like a service leader or a lead technician that's going to be responsible for hiring more technicians, I would say your lead technician needs to be there. Because remember, he his position in your company is based on a technical skill. How quickly can, he can climb a ladder, how fast he can wash a window, how far he can reach a, a pressure hose, whatever it is. Those are all technical skills. Yeah. He's only ever been the recipient of interviews what you're now doing is you're giving him your half-ass system to say well this is what i did in the past we look at the resume we do a drug test we make an offer and the, again it's that first year in business habit that gets repeated hmm. and you're like man I, I i don't know why my my lead technician can't hire good technicians i wish i had 50 technicians but if you don't invest time for that leader to learn how to have good interviews, because part of the, a good interview is it sets the basis for leadership development. In order to be able to make good hires is one part of it, but in order to be able to lead people, it needs to start somewhere. Yeah. And we can transfer skill you know, I, I was never able to drive a car. When I was 16, I learned how to drive a car. So I acquired the skill. So skill is something we can always develop. Attitude is something that the person either shows up willing to learn, willing to grow. I, that I can't change. Yeah. So that I would say, if you, if you had to ask me, Wesley, what's the secret sauce? What makes a good hire is look for attitude, train for skill. Hmm. Wise words. So owners, leaders, they should be attending this. Anyone that's going to be possibly doing, they're already doing hiring or potentially mm -hmm. will be doing hiring pretty soon in the future. Sounds like need to come to this and learn how to do it correctly. Yes. Uh, Perfect. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll tell you why, and I'll give you a case study to prove this point. You know, we've got, I'm in Dallas. We've got a client here that we've worked with for about four years now. When we started with them, they were about a $600,000 a year company, which at the time was, a, I mean, everybody would accept that's a fairly sizable company. They had 14 sure. people in the company. They've really invested in their skill to hire. Today, that's a $12 million company with 130 employees. It's mm. good. That's a great example because that's, uh, and how long did that take? They, 2019, we started working with them in 2019. Wow. Yeah. So, so in a span of four years. Yeah. That's, that's not a lot of time for a lot of growth uh, and a lot of building. Um, that's awesome. That's amazing. Uh, and they're a great company. Um, so we, you've seen this work, you've witnessed it. 
and obviously you guys know I work for Bugflow. So yes, I've seen it. I'm seeing it now. People who have attended this and working through this, I'm learning how to get the right people in the right places. Um, and it's like any other, it sounds to me like it's like any other talent. And it's something that before I came here, like I didn't really think about people hiring. I didn't think about the process of hiring because like you said earlier, I always just kind of assumed, okay, you get information from people mm. who might be interested or supposedly have the skills or looking for the job. But, and most of the time, a lot of it had to do with even like pay, you know, mm. what, do, what do people look for? The first thing they're going to, you know, they're looking through the ads and, you know, they're scrolling indeed, or they're, they're looking, how much does it pay? How much does it pay? How much does it pay? Uh, but there's got to be something deeper. There's got to be something more. And and I think this training, I feel like, is something that every business owner and their leaders should have in that service-based world. They should have that under their belt. So so I'm a, I'm a numbers nerd, so I'll give you some stats. Um, how much time do you think a, a, a applicant or a candidate spends reviewing a job application? That one that took you all night to write or you spend the entire weekend to write out the job ad on LinkedIn or ZipRecruiter or whatever. How much time do you think people spend reviewing that application? 30 seconds. You're not far off. 47 seconds max. <laughs> 47 seconds. You know what they look for? Is both most of these, these job posting sites, they have filters at the top. So they filter them by income. And they filter them by title, yeah. not skill, opportunity, nothing. So, hey, I'm earning $10,000 a year now. I want to earn 20. So I set my filter at, I don't want to see positions under 20. And I was an operator before. So I'm going to type in operations positions. And you know how many resumes I've seen from crane operators? applying for a director of operations position and i'm not you you have zero skill you, i'm not saying that you should have all the skill but at least have one skill relevant to this yeah you know uh, we had a that client that i spoke about that runs the really big company um that's been so successful at hiring they hired somebody and they went through an abbreviated version of a hiring process. This was early in the day. And this elderly lady showed up. And the first day at the office, she was uh, an office administrator. First day at the office, they said, okay, send an email to John, tell him he's got to be at this meeting. And she's like, okay, what is an email? <laughs> first day on the job. This lady is like, what is an email? You know, how do I get this email from the computer? It's a very extreme version. Showed up at the office with a casserole. So she lived, you know, a block away from the office. Part of the reason why they hired her because she was close. And they've already made the decisions like, hey, man, we've, we've got to let this lady go. We can't teach her how to use an email as an office administrator. She, on the day that she rocked up with the casseroles, the very same day that they had to let her go. Mm. And it was raining. So this poor old lady walked to the office in the rain with a casserole 
And when she got to the office, they're like, hey, sorry, we're going to let you go. And she had to walk home with a casserole in the rain, being fired on day two. So, you definitely want to avoid that situation. <laughs> that's, that's harsh. That's hard. Yeah, yeah that, that's, <laughs> Somebody, a, that's somebody's a, grandmother that you just <laughs> pushed away in the rain with a casserole in her hand. Oh. Yeah, so when it, when it comes to hiring, John, um, we've seen the companies with the best teams will win, hands down. You can have, if if you're only competing in the market on price, prices are raised to the bottom because eventually you're going to get to cost. I'm going to make zero money if I take this job. So if you're only competing on price, it's always a race to the bottom. If you're building a company, you know, and I always use Amazon as an example. When Jeff Bezos started, he started out of his garage. Now, I mean, I'm fortunate I have a window in my office and there's an Amazon van that pulls up. I don't send Jeff Bezos a text message, say, hey, what time is my delivery coming? He doesn't even know it happens. So the business runs without him. There's a, there's a famous story of somebody that came up to Jeff Bezos and they said, hey, your, your returns just came out. Your company did really well this quarter. And his reply was, I don't know what my, my returns was this quarter because I worked on that three years ago. As a CEO, he's working so far ahead. So yeah, that might might not be true for you in the size business that you have today, but that to a lesser extent, it's true. Are you working to fill the schedule for tomorrow? Or are you working on filling your schedule for next week? Yeah. Are you hiring because you've got work today? Or are you hiring because you're planning to increase your revenue next month? Are you planning to keep these people around because they're actually good assets to your business or good team members to have on board? If I bring them in, are they going to pollute the culture? Are they going to add to the culture? Are they going to make the company better? So these are all things. I mean, fortunately, we're on a, on a time slot here. Uh, I would continue talking about this. And this is the <laughs> stuff that we talk about at, at TAS. So if you want to hear how to do this if you want to learn the actual skill we've helped hundreds and hundreds of companies develop skill around this we've got multiple case studies of clients who've really embraced hiring as a skill those are the companies that we've seen explode hmm. the guys who are just like well you know i'll just continue doing what i'm doing and it's like well then your business is going to be the same next year unfortunately because in order in order to you have to be the change you want to see yeah. well it's been awesome wesley you're right we are gonna have to wrap this up <clears throat> and although we're not throwing this out here as a commercial guys because i want you to understand something like what he's talking about is the hiring process and it's very important as you could hear if, if you're listening to this and, and you're truly listening then you're understanding what he's saying around hiring. So find out how to hire and do it well. This is an opportunity that's going to come available. So um, a talent acquisition systems training, it's in Denver, Colorado, May 3rd and 4th. Um, it's a two-day deep dive training. Uh, so you guys can go check it out. 
for yourself, www.bergflow. That's, you can see it, or if you can't see and you're just listening, it's uh, B-E-R-G-F-L-O-W.com slash T-A-S. Okay, so go there, just even if you just go and take a look. Um, we've got some early bird pricing. If you put in code TALENT, and it's just going to be some great, great training. Um, get your team, your hiring team, if you've got one, bring them, uh, your leadership team with you. And just, just you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your business. You owe it to your success to find some way to get the right talent in the right places. And this is going to teach you how to do that. Yeah, I think, John, I think that's the the key to for people and if i can leave them with one takeaway is you have to have the right person in the right position with the right motivation Hmm. you can have the available person in the right position with the wrong motivation the formula is not going to work it is we've all heard the saying right seat on the bus is it's the right person for the position in the right position in your company with the right motivation so selfishly, I'm going to to plug something on your podcast, which oh, is my okay. podcast. Um, <laughs> for those of you guys that are interested in in learning a little bit more about the journey to becoming a CEO, listening to some of these guys that I've referenced earlier on, the guys who run 10, 15, 20 million dollar companies, they're just like you, I promise you. They started off with 100, 200, 300, 500 thousand dollar companies. I unpack some of that journey with them on the road from technician or owner operator to CEO. And through various discussions with lots of people, it's becoming very evident that it it has to be a concerted decision to get there. You're not going to end up there by default. So if you guys want to listen to that, it's called Technician to CEO. John will put the uh, link in this podcast as well. Would love for you guys to listen to a couple of episodes. Um, yep. Awesome. Excited. You guys need to go check that out. Continue listening here on Under Pressure. Go and check out Technician to CEO. It's going to be dropping soon. Uh, really excited to hear some of that myself. Uh, some of these guys I know, some of them I don't know, so I'm pumped. And I want to hear about those journeys and what took place there. So, Wesley, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and tell people about this hiring process and talk a little bit about Bergflow and this this entire uh, uh, what you guys are doing for uh, people out there, these businesses that are really trying to work hard and grow. So uh, I'm hoping you listeners uh, are really going to enjoy this. I know you will. And uh say so go on make comments download it tell your friends about it do all the stuff that you need to do uh, so that everyone can share this and they can hear this great uh drop on information about hiring so wesley thank you so much uh, for everybody out there uh this wraps up the under pressure podcast where we talk about all things business under pressure have a great day ciao